Today in business from Wired. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from TD Ameritrade. Meet their newest trading platform, Thinkorswim Web. It has all the essential tools and strategies in a streamlined interface. No download necessary. Thinkorswim Web. Trading streamlined. Visit tdameritrade.com slash thinkorswimweb to get started. Apple threatens to move Basecamp's new email app to trash. Scrutiny of Apple's App Store policies heats up as the company heads into its annual software conference. By Lauren Good. David Heinmeier Hansen remembers the moment he decided he was fed up with email. It was two years ago, and Hansen, the co-founder and CTO of Basecamp, was working with fellow co-founder Jason Fried on the company's tool for managing customer relationships. Basecamp makes project management and communication software, and Hansen realized what he wanted wasn't necessarily a better version of those apps, but, more simply, a better email app. I send and receive at least 100 emails a day and do all these silly hacks of marking things as unread, making sure I get back to it later, hunting and pecking for it near the end of the day, Hansen says. That process just needed to be better. So the Basecamp execs tasked a small R&D team with building a new email app. They called it Hey. Nine months ago, Hansen started using Hey full-time, running it alongside Gmail and Apple Mail to compare the experiences. On Monday, Hey launched to a limited number of users. It's centered around something called the Imbox rather than the Inbox, the idea being it's a place for important or immediate emails. Each email from a first-time sender has to be accepted into your inbox first or be forever cast away as clutter. The app's layout is clean. Then again, it's a brand new inbox and has the slickness of a modern web dashboard rather than the bloat of an antiquated email app. It also costs $99 per year, which immediately eliminates a certain portion of the population who have accepted their ad-filled but free email fates. Hay's launch day on Monday would also be its rejection day. While version 1.0 of the Hey Mobile app appears in Apple's App Store, version 1.0.1 was swiftly rejected. Hansen, who is active on Twitter, promptly tweeted about the denial, including a screenshot of Apple's somewhat generic rejection note. Hansen appears to have both a cozy and uncomfortable relationship with big tech. He openly criticizes the more monopolistic practices of companies like Apple, Google, and Amazon, but he's also a self-described fan of Apple products, one who has given a remote work seminar for Apple employees at the behest of the company. 
What stands out about the rejection Apple sent Basecamp is both what it did and didn't say. Hansen says Basecamp submitted the app update because bug fixes were needed, one in particular that wouldn't let Hey users upload multiple photo files to an email draft, and that there were no other major changes. And yet, the first version of the app was deemed okay, while the second version was not. Hansen says this is emblematic of Apple's capricious and inconsistent review process for third-party apps, and he's hardly the first app maker to allege this. Last fall, developer Steve Troughton-Smith's number-picking app Lotto Machine got a blanket rejection from Apple when he tried to launch it for Mac OS, despite the fact that the same app on iOS is highly rated and has 10,000 users, Troughton-Smith pointed out. App Store Rejection, a memoir, iOS developer Ish Shabazz quipped on Twitter in late 2018. These developers tell Wired that in some ways, the App Store approval process has actually improved in recent years, particularly when it comes to turnaround time. The review times are now about 24 hours instead of two weeks, Shabazz says. That changed when Phil Schiller took over, referring to Schiller's overhaul of App Store policies in 2016, when Apple also introduced search ads in apps and struck a more favorable deal with app makers who could maintain long-term subscriptions. Leah Culver, co-founder and CTO of the Breaker podcast app, agrees that app updates are reviewed much more quickly now, usually within a couple of days. Still, Apple's review processes are somewhat opaque, and the company typically doesn't comment on App Store approvals beyond what it shares with developers in its online resolution center. In some cases, developers say they receive rejection phone calls from Apple rather than something that would create a text trail. All of this leads to some weird results, Shabazz says. In Basecamp's case, the rejection note from Apple seemed to suggest that the issue is the way the developer is handling IAP, and the timing couldn't be more apt. As the software community is well aware, IAP stands for in-app purchases, the way we buy or subscribe to digital services within apps. Basecamp is urging its customers to pay that $99 annual fee for access to Hey Email. Apple wants that transaction to happen within the walls of its store, not outside of it, because Apple would get a cut of as much as 30%. Apple's review guidelines clearly state that apps that sell services across multiple platforms are allowed to promote those goods on their own websites, but Apple stipulates that those items have to also be available for purchase within the iOS or macOS app. Apple owns the marketplace, and without it, developers would have almost no way of getting their apps in front of millions of iPhone and Mac users. Consider Apple's cut a fee for the privilege, for the marketing of the app, and for support. But app makers more pointedly call this the Apple tax. Those include the media giant Spotify, which filed a formal complaint with European regulators against Apple last spring, saying that the 30% commission is a burden on app makers and gives the company an unfair leg up when it's both selling its own software and controlling the marketplace for competing software. Netflix has fought this fee. Now Rakuten, the Japanese e-commerce company, has joined in filing a complaint. And on Tuesday morning, the day after the Hey email app update was rejected, the European Commission opened antitrust investigations into Apple's App Store and Apple Pay service. It appears that Apple obtained a gatekeeper role when it comes to the distribution of apps and content to users of Apple's popular devices, said Magreta Vestager, executive vice president of the EU's Antitrust Commission. We need to ensure that Apple's rules do not distort competition in markets where Apple is competing with other app developers. I mean, we're not interested in changing our entire billing setup. If we change it, Apple takes 30% of our business, Hansen says about the Hey app. Those rates are completely outrageous. 
When we bill customers through the banking system, through the credit card system, we pay between 2 and 3%. That's a competitive market, Hansen argues, while Apple's is not. Later on Tuesday, Apple doubled down on its demands, this time with a phone call to Basecamp. As Hansen tweeted, Like any good mafioso, they paid us a visit by phone, stating that firstly, that smashing our windows, by denying us the ability to fix bugs, was not a mistake. Then, without even as much as a courtesy, sick euphemism, said they'd burn down our store, remove our app, lest we paid up. Apple declined to comment on the record when contacted by Wired. All of this comes just days ahead of Apple's giant WWDC software conference, an annual can't-miss event for thousands of developers worldwide. Due to the coronavirus pandemic, WWDC has the potential to be bigger than ever this year. It's entirely online, and there's no cap on the number of virtual attendees. Just yesterday, Apple announced that its app marketplace supported more than $519 billion in sales last year, making a point to say that around 85% of it went to third-party app developers and businesses of all sizes. Those are big numbers by any measure. Apple does things big. And it changed, in a big way, how people build, sell, and consume software when it launched the App Store more than 10 years ago. The question now, of course, is how big is too big? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.